Well, good morning. My name is Brian Eisner. I'm one of the teaching pastors uh, here at Northwest, and it is great to have you here today. I think one of God's greatest gifts to the church is uh, what uh, the New Testament refers to as elders, as shepherds, as leaders. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that God can give to a church. I, I talked about my childhood growing up. I know sometimes leaders can be a curse to a church uh, as well. I recognize that. I don't say that jokingly. I say that seriously. Leaders can be a real challenge to the people that they're called to serve, uh, but they can also be an incredible blessing to the flock that God's given them to uh, entrust. And I hope those, around, those of you that have been around Northwest for any length of time, uh, hopefully you would agree that uh, we hope our leadership team is a blessing to you. You are to us as uh, we serve you. And uh, several months ago, we asked you to recommend men from within our body uh, that you felt were qualified, that met the biblical qualifications uh, to be an elder. And uh, we asked you to submit the names of those men, and we began a process of uh, contacting each one of those men. Then they go through an application process, a very extensive uh, interview uh, process. And uh, this morning, we want to introduce to you uh, three uh, new guys that are going to be uh, coming on our team. Actually, their first meeting uh, will be uh, tomorrow night. I'm going to ask those guys if you'll come out with your wives uh, right now. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 tells us something that's very important. Paul wrote to a young pastor named Timothy, and he said this. He said, this saying is trustworthy. I always thought that was kind of an interesting phrase to say this phrase is trustworthy. The other ones I'm saying, they're not so trustworthy. But this one is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, or we might also translate that, uh, elder, he desires a noble task. We believe that it's incredibly important that those men that serve our body as servant leaders, that they desire to do that. There's nothing worse than sitting around, if some of you have ever been in this setting, sitting around with a group of leaders, some of which don't really want to be there. And especially if you're like me and you have a real passion for the church and what God intends to do through His church. If you have somebody sitting there that doesn't desire that, that doesn't have a passion for it, there's nothing that's more discouraging. And so Paul said to Timothy, if anyone aspires, they have a passion for the office of overseer, they desire a noble task. And I'm really thankful this morning that God gave us three men in our body that desire just that. I want to remind you that the primary responsibility of an elder here at Northwest is to serve as a manager or a caretaker of the church. More specifically, we are to oversee the flock. We're to determine the overall direction of our church. We are to teach and to, to train, to preach. We have a responsibility sometimes to exhort and to admonish, other times to correct uh, Sometimes God, God calls us to, uh, to boldly proclaim where there's error that needs to be exposed with regards to doctrinal truth. And lastly, we're, to, we're supposed to act as uh, shepherds, uh, gentle shepherds to the body. We're supposed to set an example. Those are responsibilities that are put forth to elders uh, in the New Testament and great responsibility that's been given to those men that would lead our body. And so I want to introduce to you three guys that we believe meet these qualifications. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, Therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, 
respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with, the, with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. And what's really cool for me this morning is to be able to introduce to you these three guys and tell you uh, with great surety that they meet these biblical qualifications and they have a desire uh, to serve the body uh, here at Northwest. These are three guys uh, and their wives uh, that um, we're tremendously uh, excited about. And what I've asked each one of them to do is to just uh, briefly uh, tell you a little bit about them and about how long they've been at Northwest, areas of ministry that they've been involved in, and then just a little bit of their excitement uh, to serve you uh, on our elder team. First one is uh, Ryan and Emily Clark. Good morning. Uh, as Brian said, I'm Ryan Clark, and this is my wife, Emily Clark. Um, we have two sons. Uh, the oldest there is Henry. He turns two today, and the youngest is Boone, and he turns seven weeks old today. Uh, so we have a busy household right now. We have, uh, we've been coming to Northwest about since it started. Um, so we've seen things continually to grow and to see God work and move in the body. And so it brings us great joy that we continue to uh, be uh, entrusted with the responsibility to help serve and lead this group. I personally, as a career, I'm a home builder. And you could say my wife's a home builder as well because she, she helps build our house and uh, and she also does some uh, work with some pharmaceutical companies. We have served over the years doing many different things in Northwest. Currently, we are serving uh, and leading a life group. And that brings us great joy as well. We are looking forward to being uh, a part of the leadership team. I particularly uh, find great joy in knowing what God's will is clearly for my life and knowing that this is a part of it and I'm excited to be following and even though it's a great burden of responsibility to be uh, willingly following his call for my life and so I know that will bring great responsibility but yet I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it and I know Emily is as well. This couple is uh, Steve and uh, Wendy uh, Dingledine. I'll let Steve introduce his family further from there. My name is Steve, and this is my wife, Wendy, and the Dingledine family. <clears throat> We're very blessed to have four children. Many of you have helped serve in kids' ministry at some point over the years, and they're all four back there. We talked about bringing them up here, but we're very thankful that they're back We don't want to disqualify right you as an elder right now, so we're going to leave the kids back there, right? We appreciate that. Thank you. So, um, now, Wendy and I have been a part of Northwest since 2009, and actually this guy, Ryan, and his wife, Emily, invited us back in 2009, and another couple from the church invited us out for dinner that same night, and I know that's not a unique experience for somebody visiting Northwest, and so we're just very thrilled to call Northwest our church home and our family and to have gotten to know many of you over the years who are good, great friends of ours and uh, just like family as well. I work in the Triangle for a global relocation company and Wendy um, works at our home raising our beautiful children. We have been involved with Northwest um, since we started attending. Um, Wendy and I both enjoy being part of the First Impressions Ministry and um, greeting many of you as you come in and meeting uh, new families is the first time that they uh, come to Northwest and um, what a true privilege that is to help 
just connect them with our church family here. We also serve uh, leading as life group leaders, and uh, I've been a part of the deacon ministry uh, for the last couple of years. So we're looking forward to um, this next opportunity. It's a very humbling um, ability to serve on the elder team, and if you've been attending Northwest for any length of time, you know there are some very unique and exciting things ahead of us, and um, we're very passionate about building relationships and uh, looking forward to seeing how the Lord will continue to lead and being a part of that. Great. Thanks, Steve. And uh, we needed to bring the average age up just a little bit uh, for our new guys coming on. And so uh, we chose uh, Jeff Rutledge and uh, his young wife, Robin. Uh, that's the way she wanted to be introduced. So that's the way I decided to introduce her. So this is Jeff and uh, Robin Rutledge. Good morning. It's kind of weird to be the oldest guy coming on when I'm only 26. You know, it's, <laughs> guys are like babies back there, but... Um, anyways, I'm Jeff, this is Robin uh, Rutledge, and we have been attending Northwest for about five years now, been in Cary for about 16 years, and we have three children, all of whom should be out here somewhere. Um, Abby is uh, 16, she's our oldest, and then 13 months behind her, we have um, twins, Anna and Will, who uh, will be 15 next Saturday, so that's us. I'm a pediatrician here in town, so I've been at Cornerstone Pediatrics for 16 years now and have the privilege of uh, taking care of some of your kids, which is really awesome. Robin stays at home. She's the, the other pediatrician in the family. She's raising our kids to, to uh, do great things. So We've been uh, involved here for, for ever since we came in, pretty much. Um, Robin's very involved in youth ministry, has impacted lots of kids, right? Um, and uh, we have the privilege of leading a life group with Brian and Brittany Cross, and I've uh, been on the deacon team for a couple years as well. So it's really an honor and a real privilege to be asked to be on this team. During this process, I really, I really got a great sense of how seriously um, the elders take their job, and it is a serious job, and it is a very, it's a job that carries a lot of responsibility. And I think you as a congregation should be very proud to know that the guys that are tasked with shepherding and leading this church take it very seriously. Robin and I are really excited. We've bought into the philosophy, the ministry philosophy, the, the mission of this church, the scriptural focus. We're just really excited about where this church is going. Uh, we love what Adam does with our kids every week. So we know that really great things are ahead. The Lord is leading this church in a a really great direction, so just honored to be a part of that and to see how God might use our, our gifts to uh, go forward. Thanks, Joe. Well, I've had, a, I had the privilege over 27 now plus years of, of ministry of working with a lot of guys uh, on an elder team. And um, I'll put myself off to the side for just a moment and just speak to... Uh, not only the guys that are coming on right now, but the guys that, guys, why don't you join me on the side, the guys that are currently serving as our elder team. And I've said this to several people, uh, buddies of mine that are outside of our body uh, here at Northwest just in the last year, uh, about what an incredible group of men uh, this is uh, to serve with. And uh, they're not perfect, uh, guys. Um, I'm certainly not. We're flawed. We're messed up people that are that are just seeking to become more like Christ each day. 
Uh, but the caliber of, of these guys and their leadership, and as Jeff just said, uh, the seriousness by which they approach uh, what God's called them to do is really refreshing and uh, really just an incredible thing. I, I wish that you all had an opportunity at some point just to sit in one of our meetings and hear some of the discussions and see them pour over things and try to discern God's will uh, for this ministry. It's an encouragement to me, and it should be to you to know that you're being uh, led uh, by those kind of, uh, those kind of leaders. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, also uh, Carrie Smith. Carrie, if you'll come out now. Carrie uh, and his wife Julie have uh, been in our church now for a number of years, and, and I introduced Carrie was also recommended to be uh, one of our elders, and we began the process with him as far as just uh, communication and, and talking through uh, where they are in their lives right now, and Carrie didn't feel like this would uh, be the right time uh, for him to come on our team. But it was interesting that as we talked through uh, all of the guys that were recommended uh, to be elders uh, here at Northwest, Carrie, we were very excited about the potential of having you part of this team uh, as well, but certainly respect it in dis- different seasons of life. Uh, God has us at uh, different places. And, and so I thought about uh, this morning, and I thought it would be a great time to have our current elder team up here on the stage with the new guys that we're commissioning here today. And it might be a great time to just affirm uh, as a body our entire uh, leadership team. Uh, but I thought it'd be kind of odd if one of us prayed over ourselves and commissioned ourselves and uh, so Carrie's name uh, came to my mind uh, right away as somebody that uh, we have great respect for uh, in our church as a man that walks uh, with God and leads his family well. And so I asked Carrie just to come and uh, briefly say a few words and then to uh, pray a prayer of dedication over our uh, elder team. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I, I, would, I think I want to say this mostly. I'm going to lead us in corporate prayer, but... If you've visited, if you've been at Northwest for any length of time, you know we're a church of prayer. And so I just want to say I hope this isn't the only time that we pray for these men. Um, I hope that, that this starts prayer that goes for years and years because they'll need it. Because I think, I think one of the things that they haven't said clearly that I, that I want to, to reinforce is that, you know, they're not up here because this is a glamorous job. Um, th- this is heavy responsibility, and, and they will be exposed to things that, that we're not even, that, that we as a congregation aren't aware of. Heavy, heavy things in our society today, heavy things in our congregation that, that can have the tendency to, to help make you be cynical and, and to, to really be drawn down. So it, these men would also tell you, and, and they've already said they're not perfect, um, they're broken just like the rest of us, but I will tell you that this responsibility does require a higher level of consistency. They have to be filled with the Spirit to do this job. They have to be filled with the Spirit to lead and to have wisdom to discern, uh, particularly in today's society where some of the cultural norms are at odds at times with what we believe from Scripture, and it, and it requires a, a high level of wisdom. And so uh, to do that, they need our prayers, and their, their families need our prayers. You know, uh, Satan wants to wreck the church and wreck our families, and of course, if he can do that with the leaders, that's where he wants to target. So please, uh, as I pray now, I hope this leads to more prayer for these men in the future. God, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer, uh, grateful for his death on the cross, grateful that he reconciled us to you, God. The only way by which we can possibly talk to you is through Jesus Christ, and we come to you based not on our own uh, righteousness, God, but on the righteousness of God, his perfect righteousness, God. We thank you for the institution you put in place in, in the church 
What an incredibly neat way for you to bring glory for yourself, for us to make disciples all over the world. And I thank you for Northwest Community Church and God for the consistent testimony that the church has had so far here in this community. I thank you for the leadership you've brought to this church, for their humility, uh, their passion and zeal to serve you, their passion and zeal to reach this community for you, God. And now as we bring on these three new men and their families, uh, I pray, God, that your spirit would fill them. I pray that you would give them extraordinary wisdom that comes from you in dealing with tough situations. Uh, help them to have compassion as they minister to those in our congregation that are hurting God, uh, physically many times, spiritually many times, uh, broken homes, hurt homes. Uh, God, because we're all sinners and we're all a mess and we need you. And so help these men and their families to have a special relationship with you so that they can meet these needs uh, God, I pray that you would help them lead us as we try to reach our community, God. I pray that uh, you would, uh, as they have opportunities and requirements to confront situations, help them to know how to do that in a way that's honest and scriptural and truthful, but bathed in love. Uh, God, I pray more than anything that you would overwhelm these men with your love. I pray, them, pray that you would fill them with your spirit because I know, God, that ministry uh, to others is really just an overflow of what you're doing in their lives, what you're doing in our lives, God. So fill them with your spirit, and I pray that this overflow would be abundant as they minister and lead our church. And I pray that everything would be done to your glory. I pray that they would reflect your love, God, in this community and, and abroad. I pray that when people interact with them, when they see them, when we as a congregation interact with them, God, that above everything else, uh, they would reflect your love and as they do that, God, we would make disciples and win this world to you for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. I want to welcome you here this morning. We are going to focus our time that we have together on the importance of life groups in the life of our church. We were not meant to do life alone. You were not meant to do life alone. And so in order to help us understand the importance of life groups, we are going to just, um, I've got some questions to ask our panel here, and I hope you realize that we take life groups very seriously here at Northwest. We take it very seriously that we're not just printing it in our worship folder and we're asking you to just sign up and be involved, that we're taking some time to address the important um, aspect, the important opportunity that you have to do life with other people so that you can know Christ better, you can know the gospel, you can share the gospel, you can laugh with those who laugh, you can weep with those who weep, and again, just doing life together. So I want to go ahead and introduce our panel here. First, we have Jimmy Hartsfield, and uh, Jimmy has been a part of our church for three and a half years. Jimmy and I have known each other for a lot longer than that, so grateful. Jimmy also sits in the back a lot of times and runs the, the words on the screen, so you get to know the words of the song because of Jimmy's ministry to you on Sunday morning. Yes, it's here for Jimmy. But for those of you that don't know, this is David and Shannon Amen. They... <laughs> Good commercial for life groups. That's their life group showing them some love. Uh, David and Shannon, they actually lead a life group. Some of you are visiting with us and you're not familiar, but David is also on staff with us and he handles a lot of the administrative details of what we do here at Northwest. And uh, they have two beautiful kids and again, they lead a life group right in this area. And then over here we have Sean and Melanie Dunning and they are a part of a life group that's led by Pepe and Shelly Toro. That's on the other side of Cary. Um, 
And so they have a, a great life group that really is investing and in, in impacting their neighbors. And so they're a part of that group, been a part of the church for a couple of years now. So grateful to have a diverse panel here to be able to talk uh, about life groups and the importance of doing life together. And so I've got a couple of questions. And Jimmy, you are first. And if you say anything about the Wolfpack. Okay, Jimmy is a diehard. Okay. So um, it, before we get, get started in here, I know that you know, you've heard me say this a lot. As we get bigger, we must continually get smaller. Um, it's sort of a mantra here in our life groups. Life groups is, we're not a church that just has life groups. We're a church of life groups. There's a big difference. We are a church that it's not just a program, that life groups is just a program. Life groups is a way of life. It's the way we connect. It's the way we care for people. It's where we get plugged into the mission and the vision of the church. And it's helped to get plugged out. And the way we do that is we get information in the row. Then we come and we unpack the information in the circle, which is the life group setting. So information in the row and then application takes place in the circle, being in the home in that setting. So I've got a couple of questions to sort of get us started here. And I uh, want you to hear from our panel here about their involvement with life groups and how it can encourage you as well. So first, Jimmy, what has life groups meant to you personally? And what life group are you currently in right now? Um, I'm with the, um, the Burks. We serve at, uh, at their house, and um, it's a great life group. Uh, I'm sure all the other life groups are great, but our life group really is fantastic. So <laughs> put that out there. But um, the accountability that comes with life group, um, serving, being a part of something that's great, um, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself, being a part of something that is going to hold you accountable, which that's really good for me and my life, being held accountable to a higher standard to make sure that I'm walking and doing things the correct way. And those things come along in good times and in bad times. And um, probably about 18 months ago, I was going through a really rough time. And my son was, uh, he's an epileptic, and he was having seizures really, really bad. And he couldn't stop having them. And so the doctors called them cluster seizures. And he probably had maybe 13 to 14 seizures in about a seven-hour span. And so it was just getting really, really worse. And um, I had texted my life group just to, I needed some support so I can keep my eyes where they belong and not on the situation, but keep my eyes focused on God. And so we went to the hospital, he was in the emergency room and we were there, the doctors were there, the nurses was there and he was having a seizure right there. He was actually coming out of a seizure and I was at my wits end and I just looked up and kind of looked around and there's two of my life group members right there. And they came in and they just became part of my family. They became family, and they prayed for us, and they prayed with us, and they talked with us, and it was amazing. And that, it solidified for me why I'm in a life group. It solidified for me why I serve, and um, just a big purpose. And the whole thing was, my big picture was the love that I got from my life group. And they really, really loved for me, cared for me, cared for my son, and they still do to this day. They constantly you know, ask, what do I need? How's my son? How is he doing? And that's created a sense of love and service within me. So now I find myself asking, what can I do? How can I love on you? How can I help you? And that comes from just being in my life group and serving with a great, great group of people who have, they've taught me how to love in a Christian way. Not just love someone, but to love in a, the right Christian, accountable, fellowshipping way. So that's why I'm in a group. That's a commercial right there. That's good stuff. 
Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing. I know you mean that, and it's just uh, been fun to see you grow in your faith over the five years that I've known you, and to see the role of life group, how that life group has helped change who you are. And uh, it's been fun to see, man. Fun to see. David and Shannon. David and Shannon, like I said before, they are leading a life group uh, together. And so I, I, wanna, I want you guys to comment on um, uh, the role of outreach because being a part of a life group is important, but understanding that life is not all about us, that we have a responsibility given to us by God to reach other people. And so I know that you guys have been involved with um, some local organizations in, guard, in regards to outreach. So how has your group been involved in local outreach projects and how has this opportunity blessed your group? Yeah, I think um, over the last several years, um, one of the things that we've loved about being part of a life group is that well, we get to enjoy all those benefits that Jimmy's talking about of, of loving and caring for each other, and we've been through some really tough times in our group with different things. Um, there's also that aspect of growth and connection that comes when uh, you're giving of yourself even outside of your own little circle of what's safe and what's comfortable. And um, one of the things that comes to mind for me when we think about outreach in the community and outreach um, and, and taking the gospel uh, to the nations as we're commanded um, is that right here in the Triangle, we have a lot of opportunities for that. And one of the, our favorite organizations that we've gotten to work with um, uh, the past few years has been World Relief. And World Relief works to resettle refugees that the U.S. has vetted and approved and brought into the country. And then they're expected to find a place to live and find a job and figure out how to do Wake County Public Schools or Durham County Public Schools and how to open a bank account and all these things. And there's a lot of opportunity for relationships. Um, and the gospel um, fuels our desire mm. to connect with these refugees and to help them, to walk through that with them. And as we're walking through it, to have gospel conversations, to look for opportunities to share our faith of why do we do this? Why do we love the way we love? And it's because of Jesus that we do that. But um, our group has really grown, I think, through those experiences. It's been tough at times. We could tell you horror stories of things that haven't really gone well, um, but things that also have been really, really huge blessings to our group as it's not about us, and um, those seasons were really, really cool times for us. Um, we've resettled, resettled about three or four different families. It's been a few, few month commitment each time, um, but it's been a really cool part of our group dynamic as we don't just meet weekly uh, for a meal and for discussion about what God's teaching us, but as we go out and serve as well together. Got anything to add? No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I, one thing I want, I want to really capitalize on what David said. He said, the gospel fuels us to do those things. And I don't want you to miss that statement that he said. Because the reason we gather together, the reason that we do outreach, is simply for the beautiful message of the gospel. And it helps when we get into a smaller group to be able just to really live that out and find out what does that mean? And what is my impact? How can I be involved in local outreach because of the gospel? So remember that. All right, Dunnings. You have been a part of Shelly and um, Pepe Toro, members here for quite a while, and you've been a part of their group as well. But um, I want you guys to comment a little bit about uh, the seasons of life that you go through and how it's blessed you. So in life group, you can have someone, oh, we're having a baby, and you respond how to take care of them. And then we have someone who says, oh, my father has cancer, or how do you pray for them? And then there is maybe even the situation which I know that you guys have dealt with and will comment on, somebody in your group has been diagnosed with cancer. And uh, so why don't you comment on what it's like walking with people through different stages of life and how it's blessed you. 
Yeah, we have been uh, so thankful, been a part of, of uh, the life group that we're in, and uh, there are many seasons of life. You know, you have, see you guys in middle school and high school, and, and you're figuring out what friends that you're connecting with and serving with, and, and for us, um, we've seen seasons of life be people lose jobs, people move to this area, people leave this area. Um, folks with chronic disease and with terminal illness. And um, some of those things are joyful, you know, when somebody gets a new job and you're excited, and other times it's, it's really tough when either somebody loses a job or all the way to somebody just battling cancer. And um, one of our dear members uh, is, is battling right now, and, um, you know, we had the opportunity to... Uh, take him to a Cubs game, which uh, he was just very, very excited about doing and always wanted to do. He watches every game. And, you know, for us, it wasn't a matter of, you know, this is a service, we should do this kind of thing. It was, um, it was an exciting thing to do. We wanted to share the joy of doing that. And, uh, you know, I, I think about um, Jesus, and he came and washed, you know, the disciples' feet. And, you know, it's a service that he did, but how blessed they were from that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same way with us. You know, sometimes you are being blessed by the things that you're doing, and other times you're being blessed by the people in your life group. Mm-hmm. And even those outside, um, you know, just speaking about the elders, we've had uh, several elders that have come in and, and assisted um, in these tough situations, and that's been a real blessing to us. But... Um, they are. They're seasons of life, and so we have, we have just been so thankful to have been a part of that. So. Good stuff. One of the things I think I'm most encouraged by is their group um, found out the need of what you're referring to is this young man wanted to go to Wrigley Field and see a baseball game, and uh, that was on a Sunday. They decided, let's go Friday, and the guys in the church just, the guys in the life group just got together, drove, and at the end of the game, they were able to go on the field. And um, uh, just an incredible blessing to be able to see how blessed you were by walking with that through a bunch of people. So I want you to help me right now. I'm going to ask you one more question. I telegraphed that in the first hour. So, But here it is. Here's the statement. You should join. You have an opportunity to tell everybody out here that is either not in a life group um, or not very active in a life group. They're going to life group, but they're not really engaged. Answer the question for us. You should be in a life group because. Sean? Melanie? So, you know, life groups are um, an opportunity to do life together with people that care about you and that you have an opportunity to serve. Um, you know, those life groups can be really small or they can be get larger, and then they decide to split, or whatever, they, whatever happens with them, but um, I think living life with other people is, is what's most important. So. Good deal. Good words. Amens? Um, I would say uh, life can be so hard and sad, and to do it alone is, makes it even worse, and so to do it alongside people who are going to help hold you up and you get to hold somebody else up is the greatest gift that God's given us as a church to get to do life in community together. And, yeah. 
Um, just to echo on what the Amos were saying, I was that guy who always felt like I could do it alone. I didn't need any help. I can just, you know, I can do this Christian walk, just me and God, just by myself. So I would tell anyone or everyone that you should join a life group because you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to be a lone wolf. Um, being a part of a pack is the best thing that anybody could be. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Get the elders up here for church discipline. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but I, um, I struggle with being just wanting to do it and being that lone wolf for so long. And um, one of the members of my group, Jerry, uh, he and I, and he's, he talked with me, he prays with me, he prays for me. And we just got to get past the lone wolf mentality. And now just being part of that pack, sorry, okay. and just, it's, it's awesome. And I, I, can't, I can't imagine doing my life now without my life group. Mm. I mean, I love the guys more than they'll ever know. And I just, I love serving with them and beside them. And the things that they have, that they show me, the fellowship and the accountability are really big in my life. And just being with them and being a part of my life group makes it a lot easier to go through life as a Christian. So I would say, please, if you're not in one, not to push you or pressure you, but just consider joining a life group, any life group, and just even come and hang out with a life group to see if it works for you. And just, just feel the sense of belonging, and it'll make you feel so much better. Amen. Man, that's good stuff. Let's hear it for these guys right now. Okay. What we want to really be about this year is we want to be able to take information and apply the information that we're learning. And one of the ways that we can do that each and every week is we do that through our life group. Every, every Sunday, Brian or Jerry are going to be up here and they're going to be teaching. And then we're going to take those same questions and we're going to take it into our life groups. And we're going to say, how do we take that information that was presented on Sunday and how do we apply it and live out life? Well, even today, I want to ask you with what you've heard right now from this panel, the questions. What is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? So for those of you that are in a life group, but you're just spectating, I want to I challenge you, not just, just, just sit there and attend, but to be involved. I want to challenge you to go out to social functions when those things happen. I want to challenge you to respond to emails. I want to challenge you to be incredibly engaged in, the, in your life group, so that you might encourage others, that you might be encouraged, and at the end of the day, the gospel may be more clear to you than it ever has been in your life. And for those of you that are here and you're not in a life group, I, I want to challenge you to join one. So what we've done here is we've given you this little, this little piece of paper right here, and on the front, it talks about life groups. It gives, you give me your name, your address, your phone number, your email, and then over here on the back, it has all of the life groups that are open. Okay, some life groups have, there's no more room in the end. Okay, so we've had to close those life groups and, and, and not add more people to them. But what we have is we have life groups and all the opportunities are here. There's four new life groups that are starting this coming fall. So on September the 11th, which is the week that life groups open, that's the week that all life groups will begin their kickoff. And so between now and September the 11th, I want to help you as the pastor of Connections here at Northwest, help you get connected to other people. I want to tell you really quickly about Joy and Todd. 
several years ago when we first, Dan and I first started looking at the ministry of life groups. I, we came into contact with a lady down the street from us. Her name was Joy. She was married to Todd and they had two small kids. And Joy came to Bible study at our home, in our living room. And she came. And shortly after she came, she came to accept Jesus as her Savior. I mean, she repented of her faith and she placed her, her, her trust in Jesus alone. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing for us to see. And then it was her husband. And over spending time with her husband, not in a church, but in a life group setting, in a small group setting, uh, Todd became a believer. Now, here's the deal. A month ago, I was at PDQ for lunch because it was Sunday and Chick-fil-A was closed. <laughs> but we were at PDQ for lunch and Todd was there. And he walked up to me and he said, my life is different because of that, that small group that Joy got a hold of, got, in, got involved in with you and Dana. They're serving in a church. They're actively teaching in their Awana ministry. He goes, my kids are engaged in the youth group and going on mission trips. And it all changed from being involved in a small group of people just doing life together and doing what we want to do, value the gospel, look at the mission of God and how we can participate in that. It is important for you to understand that you are not meant to live this life alone. You were created to do life with other people, whether you're introvert or extrovert, is no excuse not to be involved in being involved with other people and doing life with them. We have a verse that we like to read in our life group ministry, and what I'd like to do is just, it's going to be up on the screen. And what I want us to do before I pray and, and conclude things here this morning is, is I I want to put the verse on the screen. I want us to read it together. It's a verse that talks about the importance of being together. It talks about the, the importance of you being a part of a life group and stirring other people up to do two things, to love other people and to encourage each other to do good things. Good works is what it says. So love and good deeds. And by being in a small group, being in a life group, you're able to do both of those things to stir each other up, to love and good deeds. And in the midst of that, you're going to see some incredible things take place in your own life and in the life of your group. So what I want to do in unison, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start this here in a minute, is the verse is up here, and I would love for us to read this verse together before I pray and conclude our time this morning. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Two action steps. Number one, if you're not in a group, join a group, get this card, and fill it out. And number two, if you are in a group, I want to encourage you to be serious and to be all in and to help that group be all it can be for the glory of God. We have a big task at hand. And we need everyone, all hands on deck, to accomplish what God's called us to do. Let me pray with you right now. God, I love you, and I thank you for this beautiful, beautiful day that you've given us. I thank you for the opportunity that we have that, um, to be involved in a life group. We know in the scriptures, there's a lot of scriptures that say, let us, let us, let us. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would let us come together and realize the importance of being involved in a life group. I pray, Lord, that it would not just be a program that we join a part of, but that, Lord, it would be simply a way of life. 
I pray right now for our current life group leaders, that you will inspire them, that you will encourage them, and that, Lord, you will equip them to lead and lead boldly. I pray, God, that you would help them to do all that you've asked them to do. I pray for each person that's going to be joining a life group this year. I pray that you would overwhelm them with the burden to be involved and that they would do just that. Again, Lord, we know that we can't do anything without your spirit leading us. So we ask you to fill us with your spirit. Use us to do great things. May we have many, many stories next year of people who have been connected deeply to the gospel and deeply to the mission of God because of their involvement in a small group of people. Lord, we know that you had a small group. Jesus had a small group of people he invested his life in, and the world was radically changed. May that be said by all of our life groups, that not we can't change the whole world, but we can change our part. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.